This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. All right now, welcome to Kidnappers Kids on Radio Hawke's Bay. This is Dexter. How are you today? I'm just alive and well and jumping. Well, not jumping right now because I'm sitting in a chair talking to you. Yes, just to you. Hello, here. How are you? Yes, it's a great day. It's a wonderful day to be alive. First up, we're going to have Flick the Fire Engine. So sit back and enjoy. Once there was a fire engine, Flick was its name. They wouldn't let it fight a fire. Isn't that a shame? You see, Flick looked just like any other fire engine, with plenty of wheels, hoses and ladders, a bell, even a siren, only much smaller because Flick was still a child engine. Now Flick's father and mother were big fire engines, and most of the time they stood proud and shiny in their garage. Flick's place was back in a little corner, and sometimes when all was quiet, Flick would say to one of the big engines, Oh, Daddy, may I go with you the next time and help you fight fires? May I please? No, no, little Flick. Why, you are only a little child. You would get hurt. Now wait a little while, and when you grow up, we'll take you with us. Oh, please, can't you take me now? Oh, Mommy, I won't get hurt. Please, I promise now, you. Now, now, little Flick. I know you want to help, and that's very nice of you. But Father is right. In a little while, you'll be big and strong, and then you'll go with us. Oh, gee. Suddenly an alarm rang. All right, up those wagons. There goes one engine. There goes another. Must be quite a big fire. Well, look who's here in the corner, all excited. Why, it's the little fire engine. Hello there. Hello. You must be Flick, aren't you? Yes, sir. I'm a little fire engine. Flick is my name. They won't let me put up fires. Isn't that a shame? Someday I'll be big and strong and fight. They left you all alone here in the station house, did they? Yes, they say that I'm too small to help them fight fires. I must wait until I am big and strong. But isn't it lonesome here all by yourself in this great big station? Oh, yes, it is. And I wish they would take me with them. Look, Flick, you're still a little engine, and you're not yet strong enough I to... I am, do... too. I could show them if they would only give me a chance. I can do almost anything the big engines do. Flick, I have an idea. Why don't you just make believe that you're going to a big fire? 
Say, that's an idea. I can make noise. Why, that's wonderful. I have bells. Great. I can spot water. Well, that's fine, but uh, do you think that's strong enough to put out a fire? Oh, sure. I can do anything. I can even sing and ring my bells at the same time. You can? Sure. Would you like to hear me do it? Of course I would. I'm a little fire engine. Flick is my name. They won't let me put out fires. Isn't that a shame? Someday I'll be big and strong and fight every flame. When there is a fire, they'll say, quick. Call the little engine, call the little engine, call the little engine, Flick. Why, that's wonderful, little Flick. Who taught you that song? I made it up all by myself. Well, 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 isn't that something? Say, let's sing it together, shall we? You're a little fire engine. Flick is my name. They won't let you put out fires. Isn't that a shame? Someday you'll be big and strong and fight every flame. When there is a fire, they'll say, quick, call the little engine. Call the little engine, call, call the, the little, little engine, quick. Aha, seems the fire is over. Now, you better stand back over there quietly in the corner, Flick, or you'll get run over by the big engines. Hello, Daddy. Hello, little Flick. Well, have you been a good little engine? Yes, Daddy. I wish you'd take me to a big fire. We will, little Flick. Someday we will. Now be a good little engine. Oh, shucks. I wish they'd take me along. I'm a little fire engine. Flick is my name. How come I'm not strong enough to put out any flame? Flick was a sad little engine. Day by day, Flick's song became sadder and sadder. Not even the game of make-believe was fun anymore. Until one night, when all was quiet. Hello? This is the fire chief. Where? Oh, on the corner of 5th and Main? Right away! There goes the father engine. And there goes the mother engine. And there is little Flick, all alone in the corner. Poor little engine, once more left behind and so anxious to help. But, well, well, what's this? A fire in the station house? It is a fire. The station house is on fire and all the engines are out. Quick, help somebody. Somebody help. Help. Is that an engine? 
What? What do you know? It's Flick. I'm a little fire engine. Flick is my name. They won't let me put a bird, but I do it just the same. I'm now big and strong enough to fight any flame. When there is a fire in town, quick, call the little engine, call the little engine, call the little engine, flick. Flick, you've done it. You've put out the fire. Boy, oh boy, and what a big fire it was, too. And you did it all by yourself. I told you I could do it, didn't I? Hooray, I'm a big engine now. I put out my first fire. Wait till father and mother hear about this. I'm a grown-up fire engine. Flick is my name. They wouldn't let me fight a fire, but I did it just the same. going to be a surprise. Fee! What's happened here? Oh, there couldn't have been a fire in the station house, could there? Why, look, there must have been a fire. But who put it out? Father, Mother! Little Flick! Now, don't tell me. Yes, Father, yes, Mother. There was a big, big fire in the station house, and nobody was here to fight it. Well? So I put it out. All alone by yourself? Yes, all alone by myself. I did everything you told me you were doing at a big fire. I blew my siren. <coughs> then I rang my bell. Then I spouted water. That's all. Well done, my child. Well done. I always knew you could do it. From now on, you'll come with us whenever there is a fire. Will you help us? Will I? Why, you're a grown-up engine now, little Flick. Will you help us? Of course I will. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm a big, big fire engine. Flick is my name. When the engines fight a fire, I will do the same. I'm now big and strong enough to fight every flame. When there is a fire in town, quick, call the little engine, call the little engine, call the little engine, flick. You're a big, big fire engine. Flick is my name. When the engines put out fires, you will do the same. You're now big and strong enough to fight every flame. When there is a fire in town, quick, call the little engine, call the little engine, call the little engine, flick. Furthermore, for your listening pleasure, yes, ha, Dr. Zeus, one more... 10% or less of one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Here we go. We like our bike. It is made for three. Our Mike sits up the back, you see. We like our Mike, and this is why Mike does all the work when the hills get high. Mike is a great lad, yes. More next time. And next up we have... Hey, what's up, Doc? Bugs Bunny meets Hiawatha. 
I'm Elmer Fudd. <laughs> and this is the story of how that wascal of a wabbit, Bugs Bunny, met Hiawatha, the widow Indian boy. One day, Hiawatha went into the great forest on a hunting trip, all alone. Ugh! Me, Hiawatha! Hunting Bugs Bunny, the trickiest rabbit in the forest! At that very moment, our old friend Bugs Bunny was happily skipping through the forest. I'm full of hop, look, and listen. That's why no one catches me. I'm full of hop. Look and listen, that's the reason I stay free. But when there's danger, my ears, they wriggle. Sometimes it makes me giggle. <laughs> so why not hop, look and listen, and be happy just like me? Hey, who's this little Indian coming along? Hello, little Indian. Ugh, me, Hiawatha. Have you seen Bugs Bunny? It is he I am hunting with his bow and arrow. Bugs Bunny? Yes, the tricky rabbit. Oh, you mean that lovable, cute little harmless rabbit? Yes, it is he I seek. Oh, yeah? Why don't you forget the whole thing? Go home and light a fire and keep your wig warm. <laughs> but I have to catch Bugs Bunny to become a brave. Every young Indian must do some great deed. Then the chief will make him a brave. I must catch Bugs Bunny to become a brave. Oh, well, that's different. Look, Hi, how are you going to catch Bugs Bunny when you don't even know what he looks like? You know how he look? Why, sure. He's got two long ears like these. And two buck teeth like these. And he chews a carrot and always says... What's up, Doc? By the great hunting spirit, you're Bugs Bunny. Hiawatha, you are so right. I got Bugs Bunny. I'll become a brave at last. A hunting he did go. A hunting he did go. A Hiawatha caught the rabbit. A hunting he did go. The whole Indian village was celebrating Hiawatha's becoming a brave. They were all prepared to feast on wabbit stew. In fact, Bugs Bunny was the wabbit they were cooking. He was already in a pot of water with a fire started under it. Oh, singing in the wash tub, la dee da dee da This bed sure feels good. Could be a little hotter, though. Hey, rain in the face. Throw another log on the fire, will you? Oh. Mmm, something sure smells good around here. Eh, what's cooking, Doc? Cook them rabbit stew. Oh, rabbit stew. Rabbit stew? That's me. Let me out of here. Hey, stop. Come back here. So long, Smarty. I can't stay for the party. Bugs went frantically through the woods with the waves in hot pursuit. Gosh, those Indians can sure run. I'd better duck into this cave and try to lose them. The Indians came right up to the cave, too, but they didn't know Bugs Bunny was inside. 
Quiet, my braves. We have lost trail of Bugs Bunny. We will ask advice of great hunting spirit who live in this cave. Oh, great hunting spirit, we have lost trail of Bugs Bunny. Tell us what to do. Great hunting spirit in here? Oh, I get it. They think the great hunting spirit lives in this cave. Say, that gives me an idea. I'll pretend I'm the great hunting spirit and fool them. Okay, then. I speak and you obey. First off, Bugs Bunny and me is pals, and I don't want you Indians to hide a hair of that hair. In fact, I'm sending him out there, and I want you to make him the big chief. Get it? Yes, almighty spirit. So Bugs Bunny was made chief of the tribe, and all the waves gathered round to hear his first orders. Now, here's the deal. We're going to have a big hunt. And we're not after buffalo or stuff like that there. We're after better game. We're going after carrots. Carrots? Yeah, carrots. Now, get going. Spread out and come back loaded. You too, Hiawatha. You're a big brave now. Well, I have plenty of carrots to eat. Big Chief Bugs Bunny has spoken. <laughs> That's all, folks. Kidnappers kids ticking along every time you hear us. We've got the podcasts and things so you can listen to us any other time other than when it's, <coughs> excuse me, when it's showing. And Radio Hawks Bay still has their wonderful phone number, which is 87887107, where you can call and leave us a message. It's always great to hear from you guys out there. And, yes, school's back again. Woohoo! Yes, it was back and then it wasn't back and now it's back again. It's a bit of a bumpy ride. Take care. Yes. So, let's go for a march with the grand old Duke of York and all his 10,000 men.
The grand old Duke of York, he had ten thousand men. He marched them up to the top of the hill, and he marched them down again. And when they were up, they were up. And when they were down, they were down. And when they were only halfway up, they were neither up nor down. If I have time, I will read another poem. Yes, but in the meantime. Ten thousand men, that's a lot. At least there weren't ten thousand in the bed. There was only ten in the bed. And the little one said, well, let's have a listen and see what the little one said. No, 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 not what doctor. The song is called Witch Doctor. My friend, the witch doctor. Yes, here we go. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. And then the witch doctor, he told me what to do. He said that... Doctor, you didn't love me true. I told the witch doctor you didn't love me nice. And then the witch doctor he gave me this advice. He said that ooh ah ah ting tang, bang bang. 
just like you were a miser And I'll admit I wasn't very smart So I went out and found myself a guy who's so much wiser And he taught me the way to win your heart My friend the witch doctor, he taught me what to say My friend the witch doctor, he taught me what to do I know that you'll be mine when I say this to you advice yes indeed kidnappers kids radio hawks bay if you've got an idea for a show and you want to spread some good news give us a call here and we can have a chat about that oh actually the the manager folks would would have a chat with you because because i'm not a manager folk i just do dexter and kidnappers kids and that's great yes but more to the point next up we have alice in the not in the in yes Alice through the looking glass there I got it right this time Alice through the looking glass the white kitten had nothing to do with it it was the black kitten's fault entirely the white kitten had been having its face washed by the old cat but the black kitten had been stopped from tangling up Alice's knitting and patting at the chessmen with its paw and when Alice held it up to the looking glass so that it should see how sulky it looked the glass suddenly began to get all soft like gauze. And somehow, Alice herself was up on the mantelpiece and came lightly down into the looking-glass room where everything was the wrong way round and the chessmen were walking about and talking. So Alice went out into the garden and up the hill and at the top of it, she found the red chess queen. Where do you come from? Open your mouth a little wider when you speak and always say, Your Majesty. I only wanted to see the country, Your Majesty. I declare it's just like a large chessboard with the tiny brooks and the little green hedges and the ground all in squares and the men moving about. How I wish I was one of them. That's easily managed. You could be the White Queen's pawn if you liked. You're on the second square already. When you're on the eighth square, you'll be a queen. And with that she went off, and Alice soon moved through to the fourth square, which belonged to Tweedledum and Tweedledee, two fat little brothers with their names marked on their collars. Would you tell me, please, the best way out of the wood? Do you like poetry? Uh, yes, some poetry. Which is the best what way... What shall to... I repeat to her? The walrus and the carpenter is the longest. The sun was shining... If it's very long, would you tell me first? The sun was shining on the sea... 
shining with all his might. He did his very best to make the billows smooth and bright. And this was odd because it was the middle of the night. The walrus and the carpenter were walking close at hand. They wept like anything to see such quantities of sand. If this were only cleared away, they said it would be grand. Oysters, come and walk with us, the walrus did beseech. A pleasant walk, a pleasant talk along the briny beach. We cannot do with more than four to give a hand to each. Then four young oysters hurried up, all eager for the treat. Their coats were brushed, their faces washed, their shoes were clean and neat. And this was odd, because, you know, they hadn't any feet. Then four more oysters followed them, and yet another four. And thick and fast they came at last, and more and more and more, all hopping through the frothy waves and scrambling to the shore. Time has come, the walrus said, to talk of many things, of shoes and ships and sealing wax, of cabbages and kings. And why the sea's boiling hot And whether pigs have wings A loaf of bread, the walrus said, is what we chiefly need Pepper and vinegar besides are very good indeed Now if you're ready, oysters dear We can begin to feed Oh, not on us, the oysters cried Turning a little blue After such kindness, that would be a dismal thing to do. The night is fine, the walrus said. Do you admire the view? It seems a shame, the walrus said, to play them such a trick. After we brought them out so far and made them trot so quick, The carpenter said nothing but, The butter's spread too thick. I weep for you, the walrus said. I deeply sympathize. With sobs and tears he sorted out those of the largest size. Holding his pocket handkerchief before his streaming eyes. Oh, oysters, said the carpenter, you've had a pleasant run. Shall we be trotting home again? But answer came there none. But answer came there none. And this was scarcely odd because they'd eaten every one. No sooner was the song finished than the brothers began to quarrel, and Alice was thankful when a monstrous crow flew by and frightened them into running away. She couldn't blame them. Its wings made quite a hurricane. Somebody's shawl is being blown away. As she caught it, the white queen came running after it, and Alice gave it back to her. She's dreadfully untidy, and every single thing is crooked. May I put your shawl straight for you? I don't know what's the matter with it. It's out of temper, I think. I've pinned it here and I've 
pinned it there, but there's no pleasing it. What do you want to buy? Alice was startled. They'd crossed into the fifth square as they talked, and the White Queen had suddenly turned into an old sheep in spectacles. She was sitting behind the counter of a little shop, knitting, and the shelves behind her had dolls on them and eggs and workboxes. Alice decided to buy an egg, put the money on the counter, and held out her hand. I never put things into people's hands. <laughs> you must get it for yourself. <laughs> but when Alice went to the shelf, the, the egg seemed to get further and further away. And, and as she followed it, she crossed a little brook, which was somehow flowing through the shop, and at once she saw that the egg had grown into Humpty Dumpty, sitting on a wall. But he was so argumentative that she soon got tired of talking to him and wandered on until she found the White King talking to one of his messengers, Haya. What's happened in the town? Oh, whisper it. They're at it again! You call that whispering? If you do such a thing again, I'll have you buttered. Who are at it again? Why, the lion and the unicorn. Let's run and see them. So they trotted on until they came into sight of a large crowd in the middle of which the lion and the unicorn were fighting. The lion and the unicorn were fighting for the crowd. The lion beat the unicorn all round the town. Some gave them white bread and some gave them brown. Some gave them plum cake and dropped them out of town. was handed round and Alice was told to cut a great plum cake. Just then the unicorn sauntered by and stared at her. <laughs> what is this? This is a child. Oh, I always thought they were fabulous monsters. <laughs> well, hand round the plum cake, monster. <laughs> I can't. I've cut several slices, but they always join on again. <laughs> you don't know how to manage looking glass cakes. Hand it round first and cut it afterwards. <laughs> he was right. But before the cake was eaten, the drums began to roll so loudly that Alice felt quite deafened and sprang across the little brook in her terror. If that doesn't drum them out of town, nothing ever will. Oh, it was a glorious victory. Oh, you must be the White Knight. May I help you off with your helmet? Mm? Oh, thank you. I'd be glad to get rid of it. I do like him. He has such a gentle face, but his armor fits him very badly. Why has your horse got beehives and carrots and fire irons and anklets hanging on it? What are the anklets for? To guard against the bites of sharks. It's an invention of my own. But you look sad. Let me sing you a song to comfort you. Is it very long? It's long, but it's very, very beautiful. Everyone who hears me sing it... Either it brings tears into their eyes or, or else... 
Or else what? Or else it doesn't, you know. I'll tell thee everything I can. There's little to relate. I saw an aged, aged man as sitting on a gate. He said, I hunt for haddock's eyes amongst the heather bright. I work them into waistcoat buttons in the silent night. And that's the way he gave a wink in which I get my wealth. And very gladly will I drink your honor's noble health. I thanked him much for telling me the way he got his wealth, but chiefly for his wish that he might drink my noble health. And now if ever by chance I put my finger into glue or madly squeeze a right hand foot into a left hand shoe, Or if I drop upon my toe a very heavy weight, I weep, for it reminds me so of that old man I used to know, whose look was mild, whose speech was slow, whose hair was whiter than the snow, whose face was very like a crow, with eyes like cinders all aglow, who seemed distracted with his woe, and rocked his body to and fro, and muttered mumblingly and low. As if his mouth were full of dough Who snorted like a buffalo That summer evening long ago A sitting on a gate Well... I must turn now. You've only a few yards to go and you'll be a queen. Thank you so much for coming so far and for the song. I liked it very much. Mm, you didn't cry as much as I thought you would, he said. And off he rode. Alice waved till he was out of sight. Then she ran down to the brook, bounded across and at once felt something heavy on her head. It was a golden crown and she was standing in front of an arched doorway over which were the words, Queen Alice. The door was flung open and she walked up a large hall filled with guests, animals, birds, and, and even a few flowers. There were three chairs at the head of the table. The red and white queens had taken two of them and Alice sat down in the middle. You've missed the soup and fish. Let me introduce you to the joint. Alice, mutton. Mutton, Alice. Now, we'll drink your health. Queen Alice's health. To the looking-glass world It was Alice that said I've a scepter in hand I've a crown on my head Let the looking-glass creatures Whatever they be Come and dine with the red queen The white queen and me Then fill up the glasses with treacle and ink Or anything else that is pleasant to drink Mix sand with the cider and wool with the wine And welcome Queen Alice with ninety times nine With ninety times nine With ninety times nine And welcome Queen Alice with ninety times nine I rise to return thanks Take care, something's going to happen It did The candles grew up to the ceiling like beds of rushes with fireworks at the top. 
The leg of mutton sat in the queen's chair. The soup ladle walked up the table. And the red queen suddenly dwindled down to the size of a little doll, running round merrily after her own shawl, which trailed behind her. Alice pounced on her. As for you, I'll shake you into a kitten. That I will. And she shook her. The red queen's face grew very small, and her eyes got large and green. And still, as Alice went on shaking her, she kept on growing shorter, and fatter, and softer, and rounder. And it—it—it really was a kitten after all. haven't heard a story that you like for some time or you've got another story you've never ever 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 heard on kidnappers kids you can give us a call and leave a message and we'll see what we can do yes indeed here we go again hmm that was alice next up lots of stories today the three billy goats gruff one two three and here we go this is the story of the three billy goats gruff on a bluff on a bluff there lived three billy goats gruff little billy goat middle billy goat great big billy goat gruff every day every day they'd run and jump and play Little Billy Goat, little Billy Goat, great big Billy Goat Gruff. They'd run and run and run and run and run and run and run. They'd hop and hop and hop and hop. You'd think they'd never stop. On a bluff, on a bluff, there lived three Billy Goats Gruff. Little Billy Goat, little Billy Goat, great big Billy Goat Gruff. Across the river bridge was a meadow full of green, green grass. Under the bridge lived a big bad troll, and all day long he'd sit under the bridge and sing his bad troll song. I'm a troll, foldy roll. I'm a troll, foldy roll. I'm a troll, foldy roll, foldy roll, dearly. I have three heads and I have three hats. I have three chins and I have three cats. I have six eyes and I have six ears. When I cry, I cry six tears. One day, the three billy goats gruff ate the last of the grass on their bluff. So they decided to go over the bridge to the green, green meadow with the red, red roses where they could eat the green, green grass until they nearly burst. So little billy goat gruff Started trip, trap, trip, trap over the rickety, rackety bridge. Trip, trap, trip, trap, 
Hop and skip, hop and skip. But just when he reached the middle of the bridge, the big bad troll stuck his head up and said, Who's that trip trapping over my bridge? Little Billy Goat Gruff said, It is I, little Billy Goat Gruff. The big bad troll said, I'm a troll, foldy roll. I'm a troll, foldy roll. I'm a troll, foldy roll. And I'll eat you for supper. Little Billy Goat Gruff said, Oh, Mr. Troll, I'm so little, I wouldn't make even a sandwich for you. Wait for my brother who's coming right behind. He's much bigger than I am. Well, the big bad troll said he would, so little Billy Goat Gruff went trip, trap, trip, trap over the rickety, rackety bridge. Trip, trap, trip, trap, hop and skip, hop and skip, clippity-clop, tippity-hop over the rickety bridge. When little Billy Goat Gruff was safely across the bridge, middle Billy Goat Gruff started trip-trap, trip-trap over the rickety-rackety bridge. Trip-trap, trip-trap, hop and skip, hop and skip. But just when he reached the middle of the bridge, the big bad troll stuck his head up and said, Who's that trip-trapping over my bridge? The goat said, It is I, middle Billy Goat Gruff. The troll said, I'm a troll, foldy roll. I'm a troll, foldy roll. I'm a troll, foldy roll. And I'll eat you for supper. The middle Billy Goat Gruff said, Oh, Mr. Troll, I'm so little, I wouldn't make even a mouthful for you. Wait for my brother who's coming right behind. He's much bigger than I am. The big bad troll said he would, so middle Billy Goat Gruff went trip-trap, trip-trap over the rickety-rackety bridge. Trip-trap, trip-trap, hop and skip, hop and skip, clippity-clop, hippity-hop over the rickety bridge. When middle Billy Goat Gruff was safely over the bridge, the great big Billy Goat Gruff started trip-trap, trip-trap over the rickety-rackety bridge. Trip-trap, trip-trap, hop and skip. Hop and skip. But just when he reached the middle of the bridge, the big bad troll stuck his head up and said, Who's that trip trapping over my bridge? The goat said, It is I, great big billy goat gruff. The troll said, I'm a troll, foldy roll. I'm a troll, foldy roll. I'm a troll, foldy roll. And I'll eat you for supper. But great big Billy Goat Gruff said, Oh, no, you won't, Mr. Troll. And great big Billy Goat Gruff put his head down. <laughs> he put his horns out. <laughs> and he ran clickety-clackety, rickety-lackety, slam-bangety, hit that big bad troll. And knocked him over the bridge. Over the bushes. Over the trees. Over the hills. Over the highest mountains. So great big Billy Goat Gruff went trip-trap, trip-trap over the rickety-rackety bridge. Trip-trap, trip-trap, hop and skip, hop and skip, clippity-clop, hippity-hop over the rickety bridge. And so the three Billy Goats Gruff were over in the green-green meadow with the red-red roses eating the green-green grass until they nearly burst. And the big bad troll never bothered them again. And they're the happiest Billy Goat's gruff you ever saw. Every day, every day, they run and jump and play. 
Well, I hope they made it home safe. At least their bridge was still up. Yes, some of ours have gone. Oh, well, we, we soldier on, we have fun, and we look after each other. Hop along, Cassidy, and the haunted gold mine. <laughs> Hi, partners. This is your friend Hopalong Cassidy. If you'll gather around and be real quiet, I'll tell you a story. The story of the haunted gold mine. It all started when my friend Lucky and I were riding up in the Superstation Mountains. We were going to stop by and say hello to Lucky's father. Well, Lucky, I guess you'll be glad to see your dad. Sure will, Hoppy. Lucky, looks like we're going to get caught out in a storm. It's getting dark, too, Hoppy. But if we hurry, we might make it to Pop's cabin before we get wet. It's only about a mile up this canyon. Let's go, Topper. How come your father lives way up here in the Superstation Mountains, Lucky? Oh, he's still looking for the lost Dutchman gold mine. Been looking for it for years. <laughs> yeah? I heard a lot about that lost Dutchman gold mine. And it's still lost. Yeah. Hurry, Hoppy, it's starting to rain. There's Pop's cabin up ahead. Boy, it's sure going to be good to get in out of this storm, Hoppy. Sis, I didn't know you were here. Lucky and Hoppy, come in and get dry. Thanks, miss. What's the matter, sis? It looks like you've been crying. Oh, Lucky, something's wrong. Something's happened to Dad. Anything serious? I'm, I'm afraid so. He's been gone a week. But Pop stays longer than that lots of times, sis. I know, but he only had food to last two or three days. I'm afraid something's happened to him. Maybe we'd better... <coughs> Say, that sounds like Pop's burrow. Lucky it is Dad's burrow. He's come back without Dad. Something's happened. Where was he going this trip? He said he was going up past the haunted cave. Haunted cave? Yeah, that's an old cave up in the mountains. Folks say it's haunted. Haunted? ha, ha, ha. You mean with spooks? Ha, 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 Oh, well, you can laugh, Hoppy, but but when folks go in haunted cave, they they don't come back. All right, Lucky, get our horses. We're going to look for your dad. Be careful, Lucky, and you too, Hoppy. And don't go near the haunted cave. Don't worry, miss. Come on, Lucky. Well, it was raining cats and dogs and mighty dark when my pal Lucky and I rode up into the mountains to look for his dad. I hope your dad isn't out in this storm. I'm getting soaking wet. Hey, Lucky, look. Up ahead. Looks like a cave. Maybe we can duck in out of the rain. Oh, no, not me, Hoppy. That's the haunted cave we've been telling you about. I'm not going in there. Lucky, you don't believe in ghosts, do you? Well, I didn't used to, but there's some mighty peculiar things happening in that haunted cave. <laughs> I still don't believe in spooks. And I'm going into that cave till this rain slacks up. Now, come on. But, Hoppy, it, it, it's mighty dark in there. We're not afraid of the dark, are we, Lucky? Come on. Okay, Hoppy, but I still don't like going in this haunted cave. Strike a match, Hoppy. It, 
It's so dark in this cave, I can't see my hand in front of my face. Oh, wait a minute, the matches are all wet. We'll just have to feel our way around in the dark. Hoppy, what's that? Sounds like one of your spooks. You know, I've never seen a spook face to face. Get back, Lucky. Hoppy, are you all right? I guess so, Lucky. He missed me. If I can find a dry match, we'll see what a real spook looks like. Hoppy, it's a man wearing a white sheet. Of course it is. And when he comes to, I'm going to ask this spook a few questions. Lucky, look down there on the ground. Footprints. Yeah, and they're not boot prints either. Maybe they're Pop's footprints. Come on, Lucky. Let's see where those footprints lead us. Shh! It sounds like somebody's in here. Help! Over here! Somebody's in here all right, Lucky. Be careful. Strike a match over here, Hoppy. Well, if I can find one that's dry enough. Ah, there. It's him. It's Pop. Get him untied. Easy, Pop, easy. I'll get this gag off your mouth. Lucky! Uh, Hoppy! Are you all right, Pop? I'm okay now. Thanks to you and Hoppy. What's this haunted cave business all about? Well, uh, Hoppy, for years I've been looking for the lost Dutchman gold mine. But I wouldn't come near this cave, because folks said it was full of spooks. Then I ducked in here to get out of the rain, and something hit me on the head, and when I woke up, I found myself hog-tied and gagged. But what's anybody want to tie you up for, Pop? Don't you see, Lucky, this isn't a haunted cave. Somebody's been playing spooks to scare folks away from here. I got a hunch this is an old gold mine. Gold mine? Well, no. Maybe you're right, Hoppy. We'll strike a match and, well, let's have a look at uh, some of these rocks. Pop, that looks like gold. Dead gum to an ain't, son. Looks like we found the lost Dutchman gold mine. <laughs> well, sir, we better get you home. I gotta turn our spook over to the sheriff for trespassing on your property. Come on. So the haunted cave turned out to be the lost gold mine. Wait till I tell sis. <laughs> well, boys and girls, that's the story of the haunted gold mine. It just goes to show that there's no such thing as spooks, is there? <laughs> Come on, Topper, let's go. There you go, then. This has been Kidnappers to Kids. I've been and still am Dexter. Yes, you're a pal. Nice to see you out there. I'm waving. Hello. Yes, that's very good. And last up, we have one final... I think it's a tune. Yes, I should know this by now. Me and my teddy bear. Oh, golly gosh. Don't we like that? Everyone's got a teddy bear. Well, lots of us had a teddy bear. Some of us still got a teddy bear. Anyhow, you listen to this. We'll say, we'll talk to you next time. Don't forget, have a great week and be kind to one another. Ta-da for now. In the house right next to mine, a little boy lives there. At Christmas time, dear 
brought him a teddy bear. He loves his little teddy bear. He's with it all day long. And the sweetest thing I've ever heard is to hear him sing this song. Me and my teddy bear have no program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.